0: Technisha.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Today is May the 28th, 2019, and I cannot believe that it may have almost over with how fast it's going. Sure, so now the food. Anybody else have complaints? Are they running? Are they running you thin? Are you running out of food? Because you know, kids, they eat about 10 or 15 times a day. you be like, wait a minute, I just fed you and you're eating again. But Anyhow, for for the one, parents, teachers, anybody who's probably working a low budget paying job, you're working overtime, but you're not getting paid the amount that you need, this show is just particularly for you. I know that there probably have been so many shows, but some kind of message is always relayed differently for others. But this gentleman who's not only going to teach you how to actually save that money, guess what? He is actually a teacher himself. You're going to be able to get these tips from a kindergarten teacher. He's going to teach you all the personal finances that led him up to the point where he was able to save money, where you'll be able to take that vacation. So you don't always feel like I have to work all the time. My coworker and I was talking about that, and she even went as far as to, you know, we're the good guys. Why can't we be able to take a vacation? Technician, why can't we ever do this or that? We work hard. We always be on time for work. You know, we have families. We have we're married, and you're probably one of those people that feel the same way. You work so hard. Well, where did my money go? How can I save if I'm in such a situation where you never know how your situation may go? You may have someone who's disabled. You may even lose your job. So these are pondering questions, but. Mr. Danny Kofsky is here to answer those questions that you have been pondering about over and over. So while I follow you, I'd like to bring Danny on. Danny, I appreciate you so much for being here, and I see that we are in the same state, lovely Georgia, and the weather is feeling mighty warm for today.
0: <laughs> hey, Technisha. Yes, it is. Very, very warm, for sure.
1: It is, because I'm, I'm originally, I'm born and raised here, so I know. We have the most bipolar weather. You go outside, you be thinking it's nine degrees, and you might have to go back and get your fur coat. Cuz the weather be up and down. But I'm thankful for it. I don't like it too hot, but just enough.
0: Yes, I agree. It's uh, here in Georgia. It's very nice that uh, we get all four seasons. And uh, yeah, right now we got a a little hot spell going on, but that's all right. It's summer, so it's swimming pool sweet season, anyways. <laughs>
1: Danny, I want to say I really do admire um, how you have strived to keep this goal of yours going for so long. And you're a kindergarten teacher. That's the pondering question for many on how to actually save. You know, we hear a way to write it down. We have these budgeting tools, all these different apps on your phone. But still, it do, does us no good because, for one, and if I probably agree on the line, We didn't get these financial education tips at all when we were in school. We were told to save, but we didn't know how to go about saving. And now you've got probably over 90% of your Americans who are actually up in debt. You even have it on your report. You know, your credit scores are down and your interest rates are high. So, Danny, from your standpoint, just being a teacher alone, how can one save? Yeah, you're absolutely right.
0: Um, you know, I know firsthand there is definitely a lack of financial education. Uh, but I think, you know, a lot of people, we just make it really, really difficult. On paper, it's pretty easy. Spend less than you earn. I mean, if you do that, you'll always have money. But then the emotions get involved. And I think that's what gets so many people into trouble. I mean, there was a study I just read. And it said that 70% of, Amer- of Americans are not happy at work. So, you know, you think about that. We're unhappy where we spend the majority of our week. So then we justify things. I work so hard. I put up with this. I do that. So I have to buy something and whatever that is, fill in the blank, cars, clothes, jewelry, whatever it may be, to mask that unhappiness that we're feeling. And then it works for a little bit. And then we're caught in this vicious cycle of having to buy things to mask our unhappiness. You know, for, for us and I mean there are there are plenty of resources out there to, to try to help you save money, get out of debt, do all those things. But I think, you know, what a lot of people don't focus on is we have to have goals in place. We have to know why we are saving money. And that's where I start with with helping people get out of debt. Why do you want to save money? Why do you want to get out of debt? Why do you want to have money for retirement? So we have to have this underlying why, and for each of us it's different. For some people it's trips to Disney World, for others it's beach vacations, for others it may be taking care of a relative. I, I you know, it's very personal, but when we have that underlying why, it becomes a lot easier to say no to those daily temptations. And, I mean, let's face it, Madison Avenue spends billions and billions of dollars to get us to part with our money. So we have to first, we have to know that it's kind of the game's against us really because we're enticed every day to spend money. But if we have this vision, this why, okay, why am I doing this? Then it becomes that much easier to say no to those things that we're Bombarded with daily because we're working right. for something bigger.
1: Right, well, I agree with you. I have heard that so many times, and people need to take heed to that. If you're listening online, definitely write those down. Your why should even make you to the point where you actually cry. What What are your reasons? You have to have to look at how your money is being spent. As my mentor for this company I work for, because I do credit restoration, she even said it, look in your bank account, see where your money is going. So I was making my bank account. I'm like, I don't need to pay for that because sometimes these apps, you know, they like to charge you on and, and I'm looking like, you know what, if I really don't need it, I don't need to be finished. So I did a lot of counseling, some subscriptions because I'm like, I, I don't need it. And it brought me to what my other coworker was telling this One guy, he was asking us, um, he said, what type of phone should I buy? Should I buy iPhone or Android? He immediately said what your budget you can afford. He said, Why go out and buy mm-hmm. iPhone when you know you can't even afford it? Half of the stuff you're not even gonna use on the phone. And and you know, it even go back even forward. My mom used to always say, This this even for parents. You know winter time is coming. These months are going by so quick. June is almost gonna be here around the corner. May went by so quick it's the time now to go ahead and get those clearance sales on those winter items. Don't wait till winter comes, 'cause because that's when they're going to skyrocket. You know, my mother used to always say, get your winter stuff in the summer and your summer stuff in the winter. You know, um, so these these are little tips that you guys should do, but sometimes we end up forgetting because I was, we have these busy lives, but it definitely would help a lot if we just personally budget and think about what we're spending our money on. Is it necessary? Do you really need that cup of coffee? Do could you not have bought your coffee pot, made your own coffee? You know, those little things, they might be little baby steps, but those little things do help you to save a few little extra dollars. You just don't know. But, you know, one of the cliches that we always hear the most, Danny, do what you love, and they always say the money will follow. But I don't know if that's so true. <laughs> it don't always happen that way. You know, you get out of school. I love journalism. Got student debt. That work out so pretty.
0: No, you're right. Uh, I, I mean, it makes life a little bit better, but yeah, there are, we know there are plenty of starving artists out there. That uh, you, you have to. It's important to, to enjoy. I do think enjoy what you do and have a passion for that, but it may not come right away. And like for me, I'll, I'll say for example, I mean, I do enjoy being a school teacher, but I also like helping people manage their money. I enjoy writing books. So what I have discovered what works for me is. I still teach that pays the bills right now uh, because the other business doesn't generate enough income to feed my family. So I still do that. But then on the side, I do financial counseling. I do presentations occasionally. I write books, and it does bring in a little money. And that's, I mean, it's definitely nothing we count on because it's nothing, it's not part of our family budget because it's not dependable. But I'm still able to explore that avenue to get my creative juices flowing. So that's what I would recommend for many people. You know, your job is probably not going to be all rainbows and butterflies, and that's okay. But if you do something on the side that you know you pay, here's where my income, this is, I'm going to be responsible, this is going to take care of my bills. But then, you know, if I enjoy being an artist or if I enjoy being a musician or whatever it may be, do that on the side, and then you're still getting that enjoyment out of it. But you know that your bills are being paid as well.
1: Exactly. I I definitely agree with you, um one hundred percent, Danny. Now Danny, you also you wrote books. You have about four books now out and then we have this the wealthy teacher. So the wealthy teachers exactly teaching people how to is it giving a, and it's also given your life journey as well?
0: Yes, and, and it's basically, you know, I think we should improve with anything we do. So it's definitely my best book. It's my latest book, so I definitely have put all my knowledge into it. But, I, you know, I kind of, yes, it's kind of my story to a degree, but it's also with all the, the counseling and the presentations I have done, it does lay a blueprint of what Others, and and it kind of just shows exactly the steps you need to take that has led me, along with others, to having financial success. So I kind of just lay it out all in order of, okay, this is what you do. And I call it in my book the School of Financial Freedom since it's uh, four teachers and I start in kindergarten and go to 12th grade. So just like in school, we start in kindergarten and we advance each grade level with specific steps that you need to take in order to have and achieve financial freedom.
1: Probably one of the questions that mostly comes about for most people because the to even save more money is how to better their financial situation as a whole. It's, and it always seems like it's hard because people are in different phases with different goals. And I know you spoke mm-hmm. on that, like writing down your goals. But what is one thing that that you could probably apply across the board for them?
0: I mean, and this is what helped me so much. So, now I'll say, my wife is a school teacher as well. Uh, just a little backstory. So, when we married, we were both teachers, and then four years later, we had our first daughter. And Tracy wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, so she ended up staying home nine years. We had a second daughter a few years after that. So, we lived for nine years on my teaching salary at that time, it was about forty-two thousand dollars a year. Um, so here we sit right now, and, and we have no debt except our mortgage. We have investments in place that we're going to retire with a good nest egg. We, um, we have an emergency fund. But most importantly, we live wealthy lives. And Tracy is now back in the classroom. So after my youngest daughter got to elementary school, she got back into teaching. So, so we're still living on two t- school teachers' salaries. So, yes, it's a lot more than it was before, but we're still not, you know, bank and CEO pay. But what really, really helped us and set the stage for our marriage when we first got married and, and, you know, before we had kids, we talked about it before as we had goals, Tracy, being able to stay at home. But then secondly, and this is what can apply to anyone, we tracked our spending. And at that time, this was before smartphones and anything like that. So we actually walked around with a piece of paper and a pencil and we wrote it down. But we wrote down everything we bought. And we did this for a month. Then we were able to analyze it. It was our handwriting. The numbers didn't lie to us. So we were able to see exactly where every single cent was going and then cut back where necessary. I can give plenty of tips on how to save money, but they may not relate to you. Not everyone goes to Starbucks. Not everyone eats lunch out. Not everyone goes to a vending machine, etc. But when you write down what you're spending money on, it's personal, it is your own handwriting, or if you use a smartphone, it's your own smart device, then you are able to analyze it, you can say at the end of the month, wow, you know, we went to the movies four times this month, or we went out to dinner, or whatever it may be for you, but then you're able to see exactly how your money is being spent, and then you can cut back where necessary.
1: Okay, give them some great tips, writing down everything that you've personally have spent on. Oh, I can I can end up doing that myself. And if you don't like writing, I'm sure they probably have apps out here that can actually Absolutely. help you. Let's face it. Changing your lifestyle spending habits. It's hard work. They say it usually takes between like seven to ten weeks to form a new habit. So make mm-hmm. it through a couple of months and you'll have built some great spending habits. But you got to try to plan your budget and saving strategy out for at least three months at the most if you really want to do this. Now, also, too, Danny, I end up saving my $5. I always put them um, to the side, and I have followed through. I don't actually touch it because I have touched it before, and I'm like, darn it. I'm in this situation. I really need it, but I'm doing my best, so I don't touch it. And I I definitely want those habits to relate to my daughters because, as we said, we didn't get all this in school. Nobody taught us about debt. Your parents, all they did was to pay your bills on time, which they were correct, but they didn't tell you the percentage of what it takes your credit scores. So a lot of times you don't be looking at, at the bigger picture. and We want to live the lavish lifestyle, and you can. you can. You can absolutely do it, but you have to be mindful, especially if you have a low-income job that You might not be able to live like Jay Z and Beyonce. You might have to sit down somewhere. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, true. I do. <laughs> I appreciate you for each, um um. Now, if you if, if it, it sometimes gets hard, especially if you're in a relationship with your spouse, Danny, how do you manage money with your spouse? What how do you even bring up the conversation? Your spouse might be the kind of to live. That way, then that is was like, now you like, okay, I need you
0: to slow down a little bit." <laughs> no, you're absolutely correct. Um, you know, and, and opposites usually do attract to a degree. I mean, usually in, in a relationship, one person is more of the spender, one person is more of the saver, and that's fine. But you have to come together and have some common goals. And I think this is where a lot of people get in trouble. Money. It's still, for for many couples, it remains this taboo topic where they just don't talk about it. And we have to be open and honest. And, you know, for us, what worked well for us is we had like-minded goals. We came up with goals together, and we worked on them as a couple. Because when you do get married, it's your money together. It's not his money. It's not her money. And I know couples, and I guess if it works for you, then go for it. But we have the same bank account we, because it's our money. It's that we don't keep it separate. So that's what works well for us is we just work on it together as goals. And then if there is someone that is more of a spender, I mean, and I'm not trying to say, okay, treat them like a child. But if they need a little, like an allowance, you can, you know, here, here's $100 a month or whatever it may be. You are free to blow this money however you see fit if that's going to help us stay on track. Of our overall plan, because I mean, most people do like to have a little fun, and we do. Most of us work really hard for our money, so I think we should be able to have a little little fun money budgeted in there. But I don't want us going into debt to do it, and it doesn't have to be a lot. I mean, for for many of us, it could just be going out and for for women and maybe getting your nail done, or maybe just going to the mall and buying an outfit or whatever you know it may be for your situation. You do want to set yourself up for success, and it's you know managing money. Is very similar to a diet. And, and, you know, if you just completely deprive yourself of any type of food, and it, it's hard for most of us, and after a while, many of us are going to throw in the towel, we're going to give up, and then we're just going to go out and buy a whole box of Krispy Kreme donuts and eat them all, right? I mean, it just go overboard. And a lot of people do that with money, too. When they put themselves on this really strict budget, then all of a sudden something gives, and it's like the dam opens, and, and, and you just spend more than you would have. So you have to know that, that most money issues are based on emotions. So you have to set yourself up for that success. So give yourself a little leeway. Set up, if you, you know, say one of your goals is to save $10,000. We'll just use this as an example. Maybe every $1,000 you save, you go out and, and you treat yourself to something that's like $20, 25 You don't want to spend $100 because that's going to you know, take you off your plan, but little victories along the way will help you keep the traction and work towards and achieve that ultimate goal. But yes, when it comes to couples, you just, to me, having an open line of communication, talking honestly with each other and working on your goals together uh, will, will definitely help you
1: achieve that much more
0: than if you're doing it on your own. Yes.
1: Now, of course, and that, that goes insane with a credit card. I see this a lot of times. People usually like to go over, 30, you go over 30% You thirty of that usage of that credit card, and I always tell my clients, you cannot use more than 30% of that credit card. You do not go and spend the whole $5,000 on the card. Now, to be mindful, uh, because you will have to pay that back. and You already know that. But I, I get a lot of questions about raising kids on a tight budget, Danny. Um, and I, I think sometimes mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing when we're trying to raise these kids on a tight budget because, of course, when you see this marketing advertisements, it's always towards us. It's in regards to us, to buy, to buy. You even see it on Facebook, advertisements. You're like, oh, my God, like, I literally have to delete them or hide them. I wish there was a way where... You could just stop them all together, but of course, you're not going to do that. So, but it's how. I guess I want to say, what are some some good um, tips or marketing things that we can do for kids so we can raise them up to be on the budget as well and know how to save some money properly?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is where once again, um, you know, just spoke about that many people keep financial topics that like this taboo thing and they don't discuss it. I think it's important to discuss these topics with your children. What child doesn't like to hear when mom and dad messed up, right? That that's where we learn the most. We learn mainly from our mistakes, and I think it's okay to share that with your child that you know, hey, When I was your age, I went out and bought a brand-new car, and I didn't realize the depreciation on it and how much I'm paying on it. Or I put $5,000 on a credit card not really realizing how much interest I was going to have to pay, things like that. So I think as a parent, any time or any money mistake you've made in your life, be open and honest about it with your child saying, hey, we did this, we did that. But also I think, you know, as we go along, we have to to show our kids, too, that every action – Has a consequence, and I think that's what got so many people into trouble. You go back about ten years ago with the housing crisis, we had a lot of people, you know, making a teacher salary, buying four or five hundred thousand dollar homes because they had these teaser interest rates. So I think it's one of those things you can teach your children. If you were in that situation, look, you know, I only made this, but I chose to buy something that was that I I wasn't able to afford. And then as a result, this happened. And I think that's where a lot of times as parents, we want to shield our kids from the mistakes that we've made. But when it comes to the money mistakes, I actually think the complete opposite, that we should share them and we should explain, you know, it's okay, you know, that I made a mistake, but I learned from it. But I don't want you to take that same path because it's just going to make it much harder on you. And especially nowadays, and probably the biggest thing facing our children is student loan debt. And I think many don't realize and th- that, you know, it's going to be with them for a very long time. Student loan debt is one of those things that you can't even write off if you file for bankruptcy. So many kids go to college and they take out a lot more money than they really need, thinking, hey, this is free money. and four years, I'll graduate and I'll start paying it off. But then they're starting their working career already behind the eight ball because they're they're already owing someone money before they've even worked a day. So I think that's where we really as parents have to be open and honest and, and talk to our kids about these money issues, just like we do with the birds and the bees. I think money needs to be included as well so they have an understanding when they enter the world because, you know, once again, advertisements, uh, we're, we're bombarded every day. I think I – read an article, and it's something like we're exposed to something like 20 million ads a year. It's something crazy. So we really, really yeah. have to know that our children are facing this, and especially now more than ever with the advent of social media, they're getting bombarded. So we as parents have to instill some sound financial lessons in them so they can at least have the knowledge and know, okay, I shouldn't be doing this.
1: Right, wow, exactly. And that's what my coworker said he does. He goes and looks for bargains. He bought his son Jordan for nineteen ninety nine. And you could do that. But you just have you find good look clearance sales. Um, they have so many apps, retail me, not group uh, Groupon is a good one I like mm-hmm. to use. There are so, there are just so many apps. Even when you go grocery shopping, you can take your receipt and earn change that way. But you're right about that. We do have to teach them because in these days and times kids want to keep up with the trends and they're going to have to go on broke. My daughter keeps asking me right now for an iPhone. I said, do you have an iPhone job? Because <laughs> <laughs> you will not get an iPhone from me. You don't. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I might be not the coolest parent, but especially not a 13-year-old, why do you need an iPhone? Those iPhones cost way much money. And I'm sorry, Danny, but I know I'm not the only one. Kids break things, even still at this age. Hey, then you got to replace the screen. Kids just want stuff. Like you say, you have to teach them. Um, it's okay to want it, but do you really need it? There's a difference. And I tell my daughter, there's a difference between your wants and needs because your wants going to have you outside. It's going to have you outside, yep. and you're going to be coming back to my house. and We don't want that. We want, I want you to be responsible. Now, at what age do you think? you should start an allowance with them. Because i never actually have done an allowance with my daughters, per se. Um, if I give you money, it might be a little couple of dollars to go to school, but they don't have an allowance.
0: Right. No, Um. You know, we started with our children when they were three. And we basically did, we had easy tours for them to, to achieve, and they got paid at that time, it was like a dollar a week. And we just divided it into three buckets, uh, giveaway, saving, spending. I will say, though, you know, and and like, you know, it's one of those things. It's really hard to kind of keep up with doing that sometimes. Um, and, And we're not the best at it. We always just talk about money and we try to, you know, make them do certain things for it. But then life happens. and then especially when both parents are working, I mean it it does you, you kind of to me, it can be difficult to keep on top of all of that. So you know, kind of what we just try to do with our children. I mean we we lead by example and, and with certain things, I mean we just kind of show them how we're trying to save money, but also especially as they get older, and, and you know I know if you have a child here in Georgia, you know, to me, because we've encouraged our daughters, especially my oldest just turned 15. So, I mean, it can be time to get a job, but her job right now is school because especially here in our state, you know, they do well in school. There are scholarships available that college can be almost free if you do well enough. So I think as they get older, when you instill the values as, as a young child, that's, you know, hopefully the behavior is there But to me, you know, if they're involved in an athletic event or or some type of club at school, band, whatever it may be, and they're getting good grades, that's what I'm. That's to me is their job. And then, I mean, we're not going to go and just buy a bunch of things for them. But to me, ultimately, they're going to save me money with college if they continue to do well in school. So I think it just varies, uh, kid to kid. But um, but we did start when they were younger and try to instill the, the right principles in them that we're probably gonna have to readdress them as they get older and, and have once they get out of college or into college and start working and have jobs. But I think just once again, just those open and honest lines of communication with them about money I think
1: helps as well. Okay. Now them some great ideas what another guy I was watching his video he was mentioning. You know, um Putting the money to the side, teaching them, okay, this gonna be your money right here. This will be for you to spend. If you want it, then you need to start saving for this. And I need to, so I do. I know they're thirteen, but it's it's not too late to um, get them involved, teaching them because they're gonna have their own jobs. And I always tell them, if you don't work, you don't get the paycheck, and that's just reality. That's right. You're not gonna go out there unless you have an entrepreneur mindset and don't have to work a job, then kudos. But other than that, you're going to have to have a job, so you're going to have to invest a little bit more. Um, so I definitely will make sure I start doing that. Maybe that will encourage them a little more to be more responsible because teenagers at that age, you have to literally like kill them almost to um, get them to do something around the house. But um, yeah. Now, of course, uh, we spoke on did speak a little bit about credit cards. You definitely want to be responsible for those. Um, it's, it's it's difficult getting out there on your own, Danny. Especially first time for college, and you brought me back to that memory. I remember my first time starting off on college. My mom, of course, she couldn't watch everything, and I was like, Yeah, yeah, I got this. I, I'm. I didn't have a credit card. Thank God for that part. But just the the student loans in particular, now I have those. Um, Any suggestions to not get yourself into having student loans? Because everybody can't get a scholarship. Right. Well, I
0: would say, you know, and it's hard. I mean, everyone's you know, you go to college with different things. But I would say if you have to have a student loan, I would make sure you use it for education only. There are some that, that I know of that go out there and they just get student loans just for their living and they, and they just have fun. It's like a four-year party. They think, okay, you know, this money, I'll have it later on down the road. I'm not worried about it now. But then once, once again, they, they start working and they owe money before they even earned anything. So I think you have to be really careful and just try to take out, the least amount possible, just to pay for your education. And if you need to work during college, I worked when I was in college, um, so that may be something that you have to do. I don't want my children to have to. I would rather them be able to focus solely on their education. But if they have to, they have to. It is what it is. So that's where I think that that we just have to be really, really careful. And the how much college. It's, it costs so much now compared to even when I went to school. And I think one of the biggest problems, too, is, uh, is children going to college and not <laughs> finishing. That That's a huge thing where there you have a lot of kids that go for a year or two years, and then they end up not getting their degree, but they still have that student loan debt. So I think you have to be careful about that as well, that – You know, make sure college is the right thing for you. Years ago, you could go for a couple of years and find yourself, and then, you know, what do I want to be? And then you get into that career, and then it's all good. But it's too expensive nowadays. And, and, you know, I'm a teacher, so, of course, I think, oh, I'd love for my kids to go to, to, to school. That's kind of the natural progression or to go to college. But if they come home one day and they want to take a gap year, before they go to college, or if they want to start their own business, they want to do some of those things. It may be hard for me to say, yeah, that's a great idea be, being a teacher, I'm kind of inclined, okay, you should go to college, but when I look at the bigger picture there there are plenty of people out there that should have taken that route that really as as a teacher, most of us focus i mean we think and it's changing a little bit but but school is a lot still where we're preparing them for college and not every kid is going to go to college and that's fine not everyone needs to but i think that's where we have to be careful as parents that you know maybe you're pushing your child to go to school and they're just going to go and waste a couple years of their lives not get that degree and then go out with a lot of student loan debt so we have to be really careful about that so i think um you know that could be one way to control it that once again not everyone is made for college but um, but if you are in school, just just try like get, like I said, to to graduate in four years for sure. Don't go that extra fifth year uh, to get a four-year degree. So focus on getting out in four years. So that'll lessen the debt. But also, just try to take out that student loan debt to pay for the education expenses only, and not your 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 partying and your fun time expenses as well. De-
1: de- de- definitely. You, you hit it right on the nail, Danny. You you did. You hit it right on the nail with that one. And I hope my listeners are definitely listening because a lot of times we do. We push our children. I told mine, if you want to go to college, you can. Uh, and that's what we we, we know what it comes from, Danny. It comes from the it, – it's a slavery mentality to me. I mean, I and it's not our parents fault. They only taught us what they knew. You know, go to college, get a good job. Uh, I would love to see that happen. That doesn't always work. You have to prepare the field out there. Everybody's not going to accept you to enter their hospital to be a doctor. So I told my daughter, she was like, I want to be a cardiologist. Okay, kudos, great. Uh, But also have a plan B behind it because it might not end up going that way. We're going to keep it real. You're not know, gonna probably get a job as a doctor, but you're gonna have a lot of and You're gonna have a lot of debt. You're gonna have a lot of student loans because now you're talking about milk to school, and those cost mm-hmm. money. Ivy League schools, you know, because she's Mike, I want to go to Ivy League. Okay, I wait. You know, I start giving the look. I wait. You go in the mom pocket. <laughs> you gonna to have to really break your A game. But I, I, I don't force mine. My, my, my. She didn't force, but it was always a conversation. You want know to call it? Now, as I'm older in my 30s, oh, you cousin got an MBA. Wonderful. Pray for her. I'm not going back. I have enough. I have enough too long. you want some of my mom? Yeah. <laughs> well, and you, and, you know, <laughs> why? Yeah, and when it
0: comes to college, too, um, you know, it, for me as a school teacher, I would get paid the same salary if I got a degree from Harvard or the University of Georgia. So I think that's where you have to be smart, too, when your kids are, are thinking about the college. It's, yes, obviously, if you go to one of the Ivy League schools, depending on your profession, it may open other doors of the people that have gone there. And I get that in those types of things. But, like, for, for a medical degree, you know, it could be where your first four years, because you got to have those down, you go to a state university that's less expensive than one of these higher, you know, education places. And then after you have that four-year degree, that's when you transfer. Or for me, I went to a community college for two years. I had a scholarship, so it paid for my schooling. Then Mm -hmm. I transferred to a state university. So I think that's where, you know, when we're talking about college, we just have to to be smart about it. And like I said, once again, especially nowadays, when we look at the cost of tuition, It is really expensive. We just, our our children can't afford to waste time there because it it costs so much money now. So just, you know, have a plan in place and then just attack it and get in and get out as soon as possible to lessen that debt. And that way when when your child does start working, instead of having to pay a percentage of their paycheck to to pay off their loans, hopefully they won't have to pay any. If they do have to pay some, hopefully it won't be as much And that way then they can start, you know, becoming an adult sooner. They can start buying a house and having a family or whatever they may want to do. But for many children nowadays when they are exiting college with this huge student loan burden, the student loan debt burden, they're ending, ending up having to move back home. And they can't start being an adult and living on their own because this debt is hanging over them.
1: Okay, now before even going to college, um, Danny, in your opinion, how much maybe should a teenager aim to probably save? What should their expenses aim to be as a percentage of money earned?
0: You know, that's kind of that, that can be a tricky. It just depends, I would say, what their expenses are. You know, I recommend in my book, okay. I I tell people as a savings to start off with we wanna save and have an emergency fund one month worth of living expenses. So like, you know, if God forbid you weren't able to work for an entire month, I want you to start off with having enough in savings to pay for that. So that's kind of the same thing I would, I would recommend for someone going to college. And obviously, you know, you would think if you're going to college and you're young, you're 18, 19, you're probably not gonna have a mortgage payment and you're not gonna have some of the things that, the, that we adults have. So it should be a little bit less than that. So that's kind of, to me, a good rule of thumb is at least one month worth of expenses. And that way you think about those, and even for adults, those minor things. You go out one day to start your car and the battery's dead. Well, if you have a a one month of expenses, you have enough in a savings account to go buy a battery outright and put in your car, and then you're able to, to go off again. Or if you need new tires or whatever may happen. You kind of have that margin in place that you can go on and live your life without having to put it on a credit card and having to pay that interest.
1: Okay. Now, you know what was amazing because when I um, went back to one of your books, um, what was that one? That was a simple book of financial, a simple book of financial wisdom. And mm-hmm. it just amazed me that, you know, the reason why some of us say vote because fifteen percent probably aren't even paying attention, not even looking at, like you were saying in the beginning, you're not looking at where your money is actually being spent. That amazes me. And fifty-five and percent of us worry about our money. We worry about our bills mm-hmm. every single day. That that's a yeah, that's a high percentage. And very low percentages, on the ones who's actually not paying attention. You stand you stand broke and don't even know why you're broke. That's a sad situation, um, Danny. That it really is. It
0: is. It is. It is. And that's where, you know, that's why I tell people, number one thing is know where your money is going. That's why when you talked about, you know, what what's something you can tell people, track your spending. I mean, when I've given counseling to people, people don't even know how much they're paying on their mortgage, what their car payments are, or anything. And it's like, look, you have to know where your money is going. I mean, unless, you know, you you make billions of dollars a year, it's really hard. You have to, most of us have to track. And even if you make a lot of money, there are plenty of examples out there of people that made a lot of money that ended up filing for bankruptcy, ended up being broke because they were not keeping track of it. So once again, the same principle applies whether you're making 10 grand, 100 grand or a million dollars a year. If you spend more than you earn, you're going to be in trouble. That's just, it's the way it is. So, yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly that there are unfortunate, but there are a lot of people out there that, that they just have no clue. And I think, you know, for many people, I think they're embarrassed. And it's like you want to be an ostrich and just bury your head in the sand and not face reality, but it's okay. And I think... You know, for many of us, we have made mistakes, but that's okay. That's where we learn and, and we grow the most is from those mistakes. But the key word there is we have to grow and we have to learn from them. If we continuously do the same thing over and over, make the same mistakes over and over and over again, I mean, that to me, that, that, that's when we have issues. But it's okay if you've messed up. Just pick yourself back up, learn from it, and move forward.
1: Right, well, I definitely have been in that situation going to a uh, food bank when my husband became disabled in 2008. Then the food bank trying to find a way to pay maybe the electric bill. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's painful at the same time. And then I had my $20. pool number, itty-bitty. They didn't know how to talk or walk. So I know that. And I definitely don't want to go to that situation it's, Hard to come back from that. I'm, today, after listening to your after listening to your message, I will do better in this department because the time is now. No need to wait. The time is now, so I can pass it on off to my daughters. That way, they don't have to end up in that predicament. By the time you hit your 30s, who knows how much money you will have saved by now? Uh, even my mentor tells us a lot of times if you if you double your penny a day. I tried that, of course. That didn't work too well for me. I was like, uh, just double penny. But I know it probably does work just the mindset. But um, yeah, I'm definitely going to do that. So, because I don't think we have hit the rock bottom yet. Um, that time has gone past us. But who knows? We could always go through the same disaster like a 2008. We just couldn't. They couldn't even sell a home. You know, that stock that market had just completely stopped on them. And, uh, oh, that didn't go back to the Great Depression. That after now, <laughs> but, of course, we don't want to – Well, here's the, the thing, you involved.
0: know, no, but you mentioned that. But, I mean, I guess the thing is it's going to happen again. It, it, it may not be that drastic. Yeah, it I will. mean, I think 2008, you know, that was pretty extreme. It was almost, you know, kind of like the Great Depression where that's for hopefully a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But we're going to have a recession again in our lifetime. The the, the economy's going to go down. The housing market isn't always going to remain as strong as it is. I mean, that's just – that's the way life goes. So that's where I think, you know, we have to be prepared for it. Uh, and I think that's where many people, they aren't. They just – they think it's always going to be sunny, and it rains. And we, we know that. I mean, if you live in a house long enough – the roof is going to leak at some point. If you drive a car long enough, it's going to uh, need new tires. If you have kids, they're going to break something. So people will say, oh, I just have the worst luck. No, it's life. It happens to all of us. But when you're prepared, it turns what what could be a huge catastrophe into an inconvenience instead. And that's where I think, you know, we have to be real with ourselves and we have to realize, okay, this stuff is going to happen. We just we don't know when it's going to happen, but we need to be prepared for it. You may lose a job, right? I mean, there's, there's millions of people that have lost a job. I hope you don't, but it's a possibility. So be prepared for it. And I think that's where it's really hard for most of us because we just live in the here and now, and we don't think about the future. So I have a great paycheck coming in right yeah. now, so I won't worry about tomorrow. But bad times, I mean, it's just the way we work in cycles. So I think that's where we do have to, when times are good, prepare for those those seasons that it's not going to be as prosperous so that we're, a, we're still able to live the way we want to live.
1: Exactly. Oh, when we came to the game and when we had the government shutdown, that took everybody by surprise. People wondering, okay, when I'm going to get this, Refund. What I'm gonna do about paying my car note, my house note, and not everybody had got the benefit of the doubt to get assistance. It didn't work out for everybody that way, you know. So it really reality set in, and you never know when we will have another government shutdown. As long as, as we uh have the uh, this candidate in the office, you don't know what's going to actually happen, and and it's, no. you want to be prepared for those. Funds. You want to be prepared because things like that really set in for reality. Like, oh, shuck. I got this bill to pay. Yeah. Oh, my God, what's going to go on? That's why I say if you're an entrepreneur, you better run your business like you never ran it before because things like this happen. It's it's reality. I mean, people was actually not been able to take care of what they need to take care of. That was a. That was a hard moment right there. That, I know it wasn't as long, but that that was long enough. It was a long period, and I oh. always felt the pressure from, too. Yeah, everybody felt pressure from that government shutdown. That, I almost forgot about that one. But, yeah, that felt like probably how they felt when the Great Depression hit.
0: Right. Well, but, see, you know, for, for many people, they they put personal responsibility in the hands of the government, you know? And that's the thing. We. It's with people that live on Social Security. I mean, I think Social Security will be there some way, some format for both of us. I mean, it it has to be, but I'm not going to solely depend on it for my retirement. So I'm going to save money as well because I don't want to depend on someone else to take care of me. So that's where I think people, you know, we just kind of have to be real about that, that once again, you know, things are going to happen. We just have to prepare for
1: them. We do, um, and i sure who knows, probably a couple of years, social security is going to be going down. I agree with you, Dan. I want to sit around and wait on, while my clothes come out. down, I'm going to wait till I get this. No, 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 and she already talked to her sister, and I'm missing." to like, no, that's not the way I want to live. Right. That's what our society has gotten to now. We actually waiting by till we had a certain age to even get that little pension or social security. No, God forbid, I'm not going to want to do that. I'm not knocking anybody. If you have to, you got to do what you got to do. But see, that, it, it comes all again from that mindset of what we've been taught, our educational system. Our education, right. because they're not teaching them too much now in school. They're not. So I commend you for even teaching what you're teaching now, Danny. Because our teaching is no offense to who's ever a now. But when I was going to school, you got told. You got told. Nowadays, I don't know what the heck they're doing with the school system. It's like, uh, what's going on? What are you learning? Where's the homework? Really? You got a project? Where? It, it, it just totally blows my mind. No, I know. And that's, you know, why I tell
0: especially parents out there, you're, you're the, going to be the one that is responsible <laughs> for doing that. So you have to. And, And I get it. I mean, once again, we talked about, but a lot of schools are preparing for college. So that's, you know, we've gotten away from home ec, which I think, uh, unfortunately, probably one of the better classes that someone could take because pretty much all of us can use that advice, but it is what it is right now. So that's where if you are a parent out there, you just have to realize that, that it's going to be up to you to teach your child those sound financial principles. Don't rely on someone else to do it because it's not happening.
1: Exactly. It's not going to happen. You better get out here, and you will have to fish for your own. But these are good tips, Danny. Where can one purchase your book? I know that we could probably get off Amazon. Are there other places that we could also get your book?
0: Yeah, Amazon's um, yeah probably the best place. But also, if you visit my website, um, I have a link to my book there. But also on my website, I have a, if you fill out a contact form, I have a free ebook. That I kind of will—I'll send you that has tips on how you can save up to thirty thousand dollars. Now you're not going to be able to use every tip, you know, most, but there are. If you add them all up, you can save up to thirty thousand dollars, and it'll be free. So you got to do this off the contact form. So my website is www.wealthyteacher.weebly dot com so wealthy dot weebly so w e e b as boy l y dot com and there's a contact form there. so once again, just fill out that contact form and then I'll send you the free ebook and uh, hopefully, if anything, i'm I can guarantee you can at least use one of those tips in there to save you some money. so uh, so it'll definitely be worth your time.
1: Okay. Uh, once again. Um, Dad, you said Danny. You said
0: WealthyTeacher.legally.com dot no, com. dot weebly. So W as in woman, E E, B as in boy, L as in lion, Y weebly. dot com. Okay. So WealthyTeacher.weebly.com dot dot com.
1: Okay, oh, we was going right to it. Yes. Hey, I'm joining. I'm joining the uh, movement, honey. <laughs> Y'all, it's not gonna leave. Sweet. Y'all, it's not gonna leave me out of this loop. Yes. Everybody, <laughs> I hope you caught that. That's selfieteacher.weebly.com And if you're listening to the replay, please make sure you share it with somebody. Share it on your social media. Cause somebody needs to hear this. I'm definitely gonna make sure I tag. I just had a young lady who. Um, quit her job because of transportation reasons. And it's all—it's always gonna help somebody. It's always somebody else that needs this valuable information. So please make sure you share it. Um, before I leave, because I appreciate you so much, Danny, for being here, sharing this with these tips. And I hope—are you doing any more financial tip books?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm actually working on another book right now, kind of focused on getting out of debt. So it's still kind of in the process. Uh, So that'll hopefully be, you know, maybe not this year, but maybe uh, 20, I guess 2020. Um, In in addition, I actually do presentations occasionally and right now I do them uh, for the teacher retirement system of Georgia. So I do those every, yeah, it's been like every six, seven weeks that just kind of around the state. It's mainly advertised towards teachers, uh, but you know, anyone can really come if you sign up for it. So yeah, it's just kind of, Doing that, and in, in addition to, to teaching during the day, not anymore since it's summer right now. But uh but yeah, just trying to do all I can to to just you know get, use the use the abilities that God has given me to try to just help others the best I can.
1: Well, you're doing a wonderful job. I really do appreciate you, and I know others appreciate you, too, because somebody needs to always share this type of information. This, this can never go old. It will always stay fresh and rejuvenated in your mind. I, I appreciate it. Hey, I'm learning something new, and I'm definitely going to make sure I sign up on that site. So I can learn how to save $30,000 a year myself. But before I leave any of you, I want to give the truth of the day for my friend and former guest, Mary Ellen Signevich. Delusion Man can plague your relationship. When you hold your loved ones to unreasonable standards and expectations, you may become delusional. Putting people on a pedestal can bring your heartbreak because all people have natural flaws and imperfections. Accept the fact that no one is perfect. Concentrate on the goodness in the people around you. Allow your expectations of people to be reasonable and flexible. Overlook their errors and always remember to forgive. Today, focus on the good qualities you see in others and accept them as people are. Enjoy the day, everyone. And I'll see you next time on The Bright Side with Technicia. God bless.
0: Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com.